You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Timothy chapter 2. I enjoy Wednesday night. I just, I really enjoy coming to church all the time. Every service is different. Sunday morning, there's just something about that Sunday morning service. I like it. I enjoy it. The flavor of it. Sunday night's different than Sunday morning. I can't explain at all how it's different. It's just a different feel about it. I love Sunday night. I love Wednesday night. Wednesday night uh, is more of a class type setting. And so tonight, I'd like everyone to have something in your hand to write with and get a piece of paper, if you will, because I want you, my goal is to provoke you for 2019. Our purpose tonight is to challenge us, all of us, myself and you, all of us to study this Word of God in 2019. I believe right now you need to make plans and preparation. What am I going to do? I've told you for years after our kids grew up, I went on this program of reading the Bible through in January in a month. It is the best. Now, you'll criticize it if you've never done it, but if you'll do it one time. Now, some of you, you've raised your kids, you still don't have time. Your work schedule, it takes time. Uh, it would mean that on January 1st, you read the book of Genesis, 50 chapters. And we'll give you the printout of it. And on the second day, you read all of Exodus, 40 chapters. And then you read all of Leviticus. And the next day, all of Deuteronomy. And it just, it's a lot of reading. But it puts it all together. The vast majority in this room, it's not time for that. You're raising kids or you're busy. And, and that's not trying to, uh, to, to make it soft on us. But there are several more this year that it is time. You'll have to shut the TV off for a month. You cannot do that. And, and for me, I'm a pastor of a church. I, I've never read Bible reading schedules in my offices. In my office. I don't do that. I, I feel like I, I should do that on my, quote, own time. And so it is, you figure it out, but it might be time. But you have to start January 1st. And I'm trying to get us to study the Bible. And tonight's second purpose is how to study the Bible. Uh, Brother Bertram, I'm still, Brother Tony Hudson called me tonight. He said, I gotta have Brother Bertram preach and I'm asking permission to come to my church preach. So he's gonna call you if he hasn't already. But, uh, but I was telling him about your Bible study on, on the Old Testament and how that God, even in the tabernacle, that was fabulous. I've never seen that before. That candlestick. And of course, representing the inspired Word of God and the three um, uh, um, arches that came up. What's the word I'm looking for? Branches that came up on this side and three on this side and one in the middle. The, the one, it's the Word of God, but three on this side, 39 of those uh, knobs that were put on that. And on this side, 27. Brother Carl, isn't that amazing? Even in the tabernacle, God was saying there's going to be one Bible, old and new, 27 books, and 39 books. 
Isn't that something? He saw it all. And of course, we know as you've studied in the past that he brought to our attention how all the furniture is laid out into a cross. I've always been overwhelmed by that. I was telling the elementary kids this morning that, that you move, they moved the, the tabernacle with three tribes in the front and three tribes in the back and three tribes on the side and three the, all the families of, of, of the Jews, the Hebrews, they moved together and they made the church the center of their life. Church is not a sideline. We're missing too much church. We're missing way too much church. We have all these once a month and three-day weekend. We're missing too much. A great, great, well-known pastor said to me last summer, Brother Treber, we used to encourage people to take one Sunday a summer at the maximum two. He said, quite frankly, out of 13 weeks, if I can have missed only six or seven weeks, I feel like I'm doing well. And it's one of America's greatest churches with one of America's greatest pastors. A solid church. If I was a member here, maybe that would be the church I'd go to, and I'm going to be a member here. Uh, I want the best church. But I'm trying to get us to study the Bible. We've been in our study now since September on how to study the Bible. And I have really been excited about tonight, but at the same point, very reluctant. Because if I cannot transfer this to you, how it works for me, I failed in my task. I brought to you an opening night where I showed you how I come with him every day. I, every, I use a Webster's Dictionary. I had one here. I use a Vines Expository every day. used it today. I use a Strong's Concordance every day. I use an orange pen, a red pen, a green pen. Green always means underlining the Word of God or something on a piece of paper about growth in the Word of God. A yellow one that's always bold. Uh, a 207 a big pen, that's the number I always use when I write my Bible. I have my rulers. Everything is there. And I want to study God's Word. I want tonight, if I don't sleep tonight, I promise you, I will get this book out and read it. This book is, I just started this Bible in October. I love this. This new Bible, it, it just, it, I, I'm not going back to my old Bible and saying, okay, what did he mark? I'm letting God mark it for me. And someone once said, mark your Bible and let your Bible mark you. I am coming to you on behalf of the Word of God. January's coming. Tonight we're going to read together chapter 2, 2 Timothy, and then turn to 1 John in a moment. But 2 Timothy 2, and we're going to read one verse 15 before we move to the book of 1 John and study it together tonight in these about 25 minutes that we have left. Verse 15, ready, begin. Study to show thyself the truth of God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, the first word is what, class? There's the first word. Study. Study means, if you write it, write it, write it down somewhere, it means to investigate. So God says, I want you to investigate God wants us to investigate his word. Uh, it means to investigate. It means to acquire knowledge, to gain insight. And it also means, when we say study, zealous endeavor. We work at this thing. Now, I don't know how you do it. 
But for me, I, I, I like to drink one cup of coffee a day. I get out of bed early and get ready, and I like that one cup of coffee and then my Bible. That just it works for me. It just works. They say, wait, Pastor, you didn't drink that one cup of coffee. You'd look better. I know that. But uh, I, I love that, just the smell of it and the aroma of it and then drinking the cup of coffee and reading my Bible. And I like to talk out loud. And, and it, so many times I start singing. I, I just enjoy I enjoyed the study of the Word of God. I had the best pastor as a boy growing up and his wife, and they implanted, as the Bible says, that from a child, Timothy, thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. Somehow they taught us. They, they gave us, and I gave you the outline they gave to me, my goodness, so many years ago, how to study the Bible and to study six verses or eight verses or ten and work on that and find out the thanksgiving and the promise and the command and the personal truths and the summary of those verses. And what is God saying to you, Jack? How is God speaking to you? You know, my friend, Brother Rocky Baker, he was here a few years ago and Bobby, his wife, on a business trip, and they were here for two years. They, they went to high school. They were just a little bit above me, but we were all high school friends. And Bobby and I and my sister, we went off to Bible college together. And, uh, and, and Rocky raised four good boys. Two are in business, two are in the ministry. Rocky said, I never asked my boy, what'd you get from your Bible reading today? I never asked him that. What'd you get from your Bible today? I'd ask my boys the question, how is God working in your heart? I wish I could have, I, I never really asked my kids, what, what, what do you get from your Bible? I asked them things, but I thought that was such a powerful statement. What is God speaking to you about? At times you're just saying, he still speaks. He still speaks. And he'll speak to us from the word of God. Turn with me to the, God, the book of 1 John, if you will. We're going to get in our Bible study tonight as we investigate the book of 1 John. I could have chosen any book, but I've just read uh, recently for the first time in this new Bible, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. And as I read it, I, I love to study words. Brother Gain, you and I were talking about this. I think you may have provoked this in my mind because we talked about it a few weeks ago on this Wednesday night Bible study, word studies. And I want to challenge you to find words and then investigate those words and study those words. And you have your notebook or whatever you're going to use and you write in your Bible and you write in your notebook and you keep track of how you're studying. My father-in-law pastored the same church 57 years. And those 57 years, he would get up at 4 o'clock every morning and begin studying the Bible. He was a farmer and he stopped the farm so he was used and accustomed to getting up early. And at 4 o'clock, he'd study the Bible He'd study, and he always said Bible before breakfast. He had that for his eight children. The only interruption in the morning, he would stop in the morning and have breakfast and Bible time with his family. And so they all brought their Bibles around the table. I was there a few times right, uh, right after we got married, and they still had kids at home. But right before I got married, I saw them. They all brought their Bibles, and they gathered around the breakfast table, breakfast the Bible. We had different time of the day at night, but that's what worked for them. And so he'd interrupt his study. He had a study at home. And he'd take breakfast with the kids. 
and he'd have Bible time with the kids. They'd go off and catch the bus and go to school. He'd go back and study till 12 noon, basically from 4 in the morning to 12. I wish you could have heard him preach. He knew this book. My wife just had three of his notebooks, and he has probably hundreds of these notebooks. I remember he built little divisions for all the books of the Bible, and he put all his notebooks, Genesis, all the notebooks there, Exodus, all the notebooks there, uh, all the way through the 66 books of the Bible. And I remember uh, just recently she said, honey, I got these three notebooks. What do you want me to do with these? I said, I'll take those. I'll take those notes. I want to study those notes. Uh, One of the greatest gifts you can leave your children is a marked Bible. You know, they might read more about your life from your Bible. I love my dad's Bibles. I love it. Even his German Bible, I don't understand it. I just love, I'm, I'm, holding, I'm holding a part of my dad. He read it. He'd read it every day. I have my mother's Bible. My wife has only possession we have of her mother. She had a wedding ring, and during church one night, someone broke in our home and stole it. And, but she has a picture of her mother, and she has her red Bible, just a red Bible. And I tell you, I hold that sometimes. I look at that Bible, it's so so special that a a mother-in-law, almost 50 years ago she died, and yet this was her book, Holy Bible, Book Divine, Precious Treasure, Thou Art Mine. You know, I've never said this before. I want to be careful how I say it. My sweet mother and dad, by the time their life came to an end at age 93 and 91, Everything had been given away. All my dad's tools and all the house possessions and everything had been reduced from a big four-bedroom house uh, down to an apartment, a two-bedroom, down to a a one-bedroom, down to just a little room, and then just down to a small little room. They had nothing left. The last two years, my father could not go to to church. He was bedridden pretty that much in a wheelchair. We kept one suit so we could... When we laid him to rest, he had to have a suit. You know, when my father passed away that day, within, within 10 minutes, everything he had left in that room was gone. My mother, it took about 10 minutes. There was nothing left. But you know what they both had at their headboard there? A Bible. A Bible. And I'm going to challenge you tonight We're not going to make it in this world the way it's getting. We're not going to make it in 2019 without the Bible. Your kids are going to have to have hope. And the only way you're going to give them hope is in the Bible. And so tonight I'm saying if we're to investigate, we're to study, you're going to have to keep your eyes open and look. If I would go, and I would never want to be critical of a pastor, but if I go to a pastor's office and it's all filled with papers and books and mail and everything's disorganized, I know that that man does not have a watchful eye. His eye's not watchful because God does all things decently in order. There ought to be an order to the way we do things. 
I look in the garage and it's all piled from floor to ceiling. I went a man to Christ. I since buried both he and his wife. I, I brought them to church and they were. I, we, I led them to Christ. They were baptized here. I was their pastor for several years. But the first day I was in their house during the week, I was knocking on doors here in Santa Clara. I guess it what you would call, and they were great people, uh, a brilliant man in the, in the business world, had a great job, but he was a hoarder. And I'll never forget when I went into the house, I'd never seen anything like this. It was filled with newspapers from floor to ceiling, and there was little walkways through the living room where there used to be furniture. And it was just newspapers. And they walked me back into the kitchen, loaded everywhere, loaded everywhere. Well, they had a disorganized life. They can't investigate anything because they don't know what they have. And when we're so disorderly, when, when, a, when a, a, a staff member or myself included, if we walk over a piece of paper, we don't have a watchful eye. We're not watching. And when we read the Word of God, there must be a watchful eye. There must be an eye that is open so I can investigate. And tonight, what I want us to investigate is some words in 1 John. There's five chapters in 1 John. There are 105 verses. You can read it in one setting. Philippians has 104 verses. It's very, these are small books. Of course, 2 John is more, shorter yet, and 3 John. One of the words I want you to underscore and put it in your notes, since you're going to look for it, in my new Bible, I have it written right in the front. There's a word that John, the apostle John, this one who loved God so much, he uses over and over. I want you to write it down. It's the word know, K-N-O-W, or the word known, K-N-O-W-N, or the, the word knoweth, K-N-O-W-E-T-H. Do you know in these 105 verses, he uses that word Many, many times. What's the word know? When I know something, I know it. And I know, yes, I know, Jesus' blood can make the vilest. What, I, I know this. What does that mean? I know something. That means as I know something, I completely understand it. I got it. I know that. One plus one, there was a time I didn't know that. But eventually I learned one plus one is two. And two plus two is four. And four plus four is eight. That's about as far as I can go. And then I learned that four, you take, you take eight, the number eight, and you divide it by two, and you get a number of what? <laughs> I lost you the deep math. Division. Four. And, and, and all of a sudden, I, I know it. I know it. I got it. What, what? Maybe there wasn't. When you take your timetables, ones, twos, threes, fours, up to nine. Nine times nine is 81. Which one gave you the troubles? Was it seven? Does anybody help me with it? When you were, I'm, you were I, I learned it in preschool. Uh, I was in algebra early. I know that. Was that a number that was rough for you? Was there a number that was, uh, you're not going to tell me now. But then there came a day, I know it. I got it. I got it. I've got it. Man, I know it. I, I, the word no, I completely grasp it. 
Notice chapter, chapter 2, verse 3. Let's read verse 3. Ready? And underline the two no's here. Ready? Begin. And hereby we do know that we, if we keep his commandments. Look what he says in verse number 5. Whoso keepeth the word in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. God says, I want you to know some things. Look at verse number 11. But he that hateth his brothers in darkness and walketh, not, and walketh in darkness and knoweth not, I don't grasp it. When you have ought, when I have ought toward another person and toward a Christian, it means that I, I don't grasp it. God wants me to love one another. I, I don't understand it yet. I don't completely grab it. Verse 13. I write unto you fathers because ye have, what's the word? Known him. Verse number 13 at the bottom. Ye have known the father. Verse 14. I've written unto you fathers because ye have known him. Dad, you're going to have to know God. You're going to have to completely grasp who God is. Understand it. Know is found 38 times. Write it down. 38 times in five chapters. Do you think that John the apostle wants us to know something? Well, if he uses it 38 times, you're going to see the word no, K-N-O-W, no, K-N-O-W, K-N-O-W. And, and for me, for me, I have an underline with a red ink pen. And I've double underlined all the no's. They're sticking out right here. I don't have to have them marked on a scripture. I see them here, 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 here. There it is, there it is, there it is, there it is, and there it is. Why? Because I want, I want God, and then you go back and you study. What am I supposed to know? I'm supposed to know that God says, Jack, I want you to know you, gotta, you have to love people. Jack, you have to know my commandments. He says it right there. Jack, you're going to have to know, you're going to have to keep my commandments. I want you to know that. I want you to grasp it. You have to obey this. And so the word know, and there's so many others. There's another word that we find, chapter 3, verse 8. In chapter 3, and instead there, let's pick it up in verse number 10. Shall we do that? Look at the last line. Neither he that loveth not his brother. Verse 11, love one another. Verse 14, we know we pass from death and life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. God says, I want you to love. Go, if you will, to chapter 4. I'm skipping over many, but verse 7. Beloved, let's read verse 7. Ready? Begin. 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another. Love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. How about what he says in verse number 10? Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. Verse 11. If God so loved us, we ought to love one another. If we love one another, verse number 12. Verse 16, God is love, and dwelleth in love dwelleth in God. Here in verse 17 is our love made perfect. There is no fear in love. Verse 19, read it together. Ready? Begin. We love him because he. Verse 20, if any man say, I love God, he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? Verse 21, loveth and loved. You know that this word love, loved, lovest, is 43 times 
How many times do you have the word know or knoweth? 38. How many times the word love? 43 and 105 verses. You think that John is trying to get us to understand God's about love. God's about knowledge and knowing something, and, and he wants us to investigate this. You know, there's uh, this word love that he uses. There, there's three different words toward the word love. One is a phileo love. What city in America is a phileo city? It's the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia. And that's where Philadelphia gets it. It's a phileo city. It's the city of brotherly love. And that's what Peter, Jesus said, do you agape me? And he says, Lord, you know I phileo you. No, I, I'm not asking you my brotherly love. He was asking for a higher degree of love and a deeper degree of love. So there's a, there's a phileo love. It's a brotherly love, a neighborly love. There is an eros, E-R-O-S. Eros is a fleshly love. Someone commits adultery, and they say, but I love that person. Well, they do, but they don't love them with a Bible love. They love it, that person with a fleshly love. Then the love, John 3, 16, for God so loved, that's the word agape. That's what we find here in the book of 1 John. It's the highest degree of love that man can give to another. It's the love that God gave to us. And John's saying, listen, he loves me. And I want to love him, but I want you to understand this. God's people, you must love him. I know we're going quickly out of time. How about the word? Go back to chapter 2, if you will. In chapter 2, in verse number 3, the word keep. I've underlined keep in yellow. And hereby we know that we know him if we, what's the word? Keep his commandments. Keep is a great word. You look it up in your Strong's Concordance or your Binds Expository or you have computers and you have all those helps that you can look. And, and it, to keep is to guard or protect. God wants us to guard and protect. And he says right here, I want you to guard and keep his commandments. Verse 4, and he, uh, he that saith, I know him and keepeth, guardeth not the commandments is a liar. Verse 5, and whoso keepeth the word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. You find in that one verse, keepeth, love, know. These are words that Paul is, uh, John is using over and over. He uses this word keep or kept or keepeth nine times that we're to guard these things. And then the word truth, how about chapter 1, verse number 6. And I'd like you to find all these words this week or in January when you begin. If we say that we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Truth is actual. It's factual. It's, it's real. It's 100%. And you're going to find the word truth. You find it in verse number 8. But if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Chapter 2, verse number 4. And he saith, I know him and keep the... Uh, him not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him the truth is found ten times let me give you a few more words and I'm not going to go look them up I want you to find these words the word abide or abideth that's a word I want you to look up and study it 
when you get to 1 John, whenever you do it in your Bible reading, would you look at the word somehow uh, in your, next time you're in 1 John, uh, manifest. You know what manifest means? It means publicly exposed or to be revealed. At the judgment seat of Christ, every man's work shall be made manifest. 1 Corinthians 3. I'm not going to stand before God for my sins and have them publicly exposed. I'm going to stand before God and my works will be examined. And we'll find out if I was an honest pastor or if this was just a job and a security thing for me and, and fed an ego. My grandkids are going to be there watching Papa at the judgment seat of Christ while tribulation is going on on earth. I've often thought of my grandkids, I hope they, I hope it be true. I feel like many times it won't be. But I hope they'd be able to say, shh, shh, shh. Papa is going to the Bema seat judgment. It's a raised throne. We'll stand before God and he'll reward us with crowns. There are five crowns to be one. One is a pastor's crown. And I'm either going to get one or I'm going to suffer loss. And the purpose of my crown is not to walk around heaven and say, remember me, look who I am. My purpose of my crown, according to the book of Revelation chapter 5, I'll cast them at his feet and say, thou art worthy to receive. All crowns go to him. And Ashlyn says, shh, 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 shh. Papa's going up there. And all my 13 grandkids get quiet. And I know folks all over the globe that have been so good to me and love me and pray for me. Brother Trevor. And I'm going to suffer loss or receive a crown. You know, I don't know, preachers, if you're like this, a lot of times I think I, I'm not going to get anything. The old devil might be him, it might be reality, I don't know. My wife said after a missions conference, she said, you know, we, we've done so little. We, we watch these missionary videos and slides and how many of them have lived for so long in, in, in poverty nations and do without, and we have so much. You know, she said, we, and here's what she said, we're going to be way at the end of the line. I'll never forget she said that just a few weeks ago. We'll be way back there. I, I don't know if that's how you feel, but we feel that way a lot. And we've tried to do right. You know, there are so many people in this church that are such sacrificial servants. And I battle it so many times, saying, Lord, I, they're, they're, they're such great people. I want you to find that word manifest. I want you to find the word fellowship. It's in there. God says, I want you to have fellowship, a partnership, a relationship with me. I want you to find the word write or written. It's everywhere. Now let me close her down. It was 1971. I was just getting ready to get married. Moved into 72. And I was married, and I was sitting next to my wife. We'd sit on the front row on this side at the great Berean Baptist Church. We had carpet down the aisles, but not under the pews. 
We were sitting over here. We all sat in the front row. Sometimes we backslide and got to the second. Normally always the front row. And we'd sit there service after service as her dad would preach. I remember in early 72, I was sitting right next to my bride-to-be. And as he was teaching the book of First and Second Peter, and he said, the word precious. I'll never forget it. I was sitting right there. It goes, the word precious. Peter uses that word precious. And he gave us the definition of that word, explained precious. And he took us through First Peter. There's a pe precious trial and the precious blood and the pre precious stone and the precious cornerstone and a precious salvation and a precious faith and a precious promise. That's all there in Peter. Could you just dig it out? It was 1969. And I was sitting in College Chapel, and Ed, Dr. Ed Johnson, he just passed away four years ago, 2014. Pastor in Rosemont, California, Rosemont, Minnesota, all those years. And Dr. Johnson came and he stood up straight and he goes, I'm preaching this week for four days on, uh, on uh, Jonah in chapel. And he preached about, there's only four chapters in Jonah, he preached about chapter one. Chapter one. And, and, and as he spoke about chapter 1, I, I got it in my mind. He said, chapter 1 is the prodigal prophet. I'm not going where you want me to go. I'm going to go do what I... And then he said, you get to chapter 2, and he became the praying prophet. And chapter 3, he became the preaching prophet. And chapter 4, he became the pouting prophet. Now, I don't know how many years 69 is, but I, uh, well, it would be 49 years ago, almost 50 years ago sitting in chapel and listening to a man of God preach the word of God. And it stuck in my mind. I'll never forget Dr. Charles Sanders. He was my Wednesday night chapel preacher and when I started Bible college, our college wasn't associated with the church. It was not with that, but we, we all had to attend church. and So we went to the different ones, but you had to land in one. And I was in different churches on Sunday working, but on Wednesday night, I went on Wednesday night, August of 69, and I did not like Dr. Sanders. They were building, they enlarged their auditorium. I went in there, it wasn't our home church. I didn't like it. I sat over on this side, never forget. And he was in a series in the book of Revelation. He's gonna be here in February preaching for Brother Bob Benefield. And Brother Bob says, how about if I bring him to chapel? He's probably 90 years of age now, at least, I guess, and he's going to preach. And he started preaching, Jose, uh, 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 in, in the book of Revelation, teaching us the Bible in Revelation. I tell you what, when, when he, all, we got to chapter 5 about that book, that who's worthy to open that book, and he made that Wednesday night service months later so alive, I'll never forget it. I, every time I see him, I said, you made me fall in love with the Bible. That's almost 50 years ago. I remember Myron Cedarholm, my college president, on, on a, on a two, two weeks, first semester, two weeks, second semester, here's what he would do. He said, turn in your, in chapel, he'd preach every day for two weeks. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew 16, verse 18. Upon this rock, 
I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He preached Monday. He preached Tuesday. When all that week on Matthew 16, 18. The second week, Matthew 16, 18. And you know, next semester he did Matthew 16, 18 for two more weeks. But he put in my heart the importance of the New Testament local church. Uh, there is a song in my closing, and I'm out of time in two minutes. Would you open your song books to page 70? Clara, Clara uh, Scott wrote this song. She was born on December 31st, 1841, uh, 1741, excuse me, 1841, in Elk Grove, Illinois. She died rather young on June the 21st, 1897. She was riding in a buggy. The horse got spooked, took off, and in the midst of all that chaos, it threw her. And when she was thrown from the buggy in Dubuque, Iowa, she died. I'd kind of like to one of these days to go to all these cemeteries, see all the old preachers and the different people that had passed away and where they're laid to rest. I would imagine somewhere in that area she must have been laid to rest in Dubuque. I've been to Dubuque so many times. I preached with my, my wife and I had a couples retreat there two weeks ago, two years ago, a year ago uh, there in Dubuque, Iowa. And she wrote this song. Would you read stanza one with me, please? Ready, begin. Open mine eyes that I might see glimpses of the truth thou hast in me. Place my hands on wonderful key that shall find you second degree. Silently now I read thee, ready I thought I would see. Open mine eyes so willingly, spirit divine. Open my ears and let me hear voices of truth. Verse 3, open my mouth and let me bear glad warm truths everywhere. When I read my Bible, I try to always ask God, God, open my eyes. I want to behold wondrous things out of this book. I want to know it. Can I tell you what life is a sad thing about life? I've studied it a lifetime. I really started about age 13 daily reading my Bible, so it's been a long time. I'm not saying I've arrived, but I know quite a bit of this book now. I, uh, I, I always, uh, I, someone say, where's that, my wife will say, where's that verse found? I normally can tell her. I sometimes miss it by a chapter. But I said, I believe that's, that's chapter 34. I, I believe it's about on this side of the page. I, I know it's right over there. So say, you know this word, in the Bible, where is that? And, and I, I'm not, I've just worked with this book. But you know, Brother Domley, you know, Brother Reynolds, the sad thing is, when you start to get it, you run out of time. I wish the young preacher boys, they're, they're smarter than me in every area but they don't know this book yet like I know it. I've often thought, sometimes I'll be in a church, they'll say, Brother Treber, you're here, you come preach, and it scares me to death. 
without even knowing I'm just sitting there and but but not anymore and I don't mean that proud I'm always ready I, I have something ready all the time it may have been something I read that more I could preach a message on it I don't not mean that proud I'm just saying I've tried to give myself to this work but I wish I've done more Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.